Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 20th of November. India recorded 45,882 new coronavirus cases today, taking the country's total to 90,4,365. The death toll rose to 1,32,162 with 584 more deaths. The number of active cases stood at 4,43,794. As many as 84,28,409 people have recuperated from COVID-19 so far. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal on Wednesday announced an increase in fines for not wearing masks in national capital to Rs. 2,000 from the existing penalty of Rs. 500. Kejriwal said that Lieutenant Governor Anil Bajal also agreed on the decision during the meeting. The Delhi government will start a door-to-door survey today in the light of spike in COVID-19 cases in the capital. The survey will cover all 4,500-odd containment zones as well as several areas outside the zones that have a high caseload. The objective of the survey is to screen people, encourage more tests and keep record of high-risk individuals, which include elderly people, pregnant women and people with comorbidities. Around 9,500 teams of government health officials and civic agency employees will conduct the survey. Global forecasting firm Oxford Economics said in a report yesterday that India will be worst affected among the world's major economies even after the pandemic wanes with output 12% below pre-virus levels through the middle of the decade. The report said in a quote, balance sheet stress that had been building before the coronavirus outbreak will probably worsen, unquote. It projected potential growth for India at 4.5% over the next five years, lower than 6.5% before the virus. Meanwhile, vaccine maker Serum Institute of India's CEO Adar Poonawala yesterday said that the Oxford COVID-19 vaccine should be available for healthcare workers and elderly people by around February 2021 and by April for the general public and will be priced at a maximum of Rs. 1,000 for two necessary doses for the public depending on final trial results and regulatory approvals. At the Hindustan Times Leadership Summit of HDLS, Mr. Poonawala said, and I quote, it will be 2024 for everybody if willing to take a two-dose vaccine to be vaccinated, unquote. Responding to a question on the safety aspect, he said there have been no major complaints, reactions or adverse events, adding, and I quote, we would need to wait and see. The efficacy and immunogenicity results from the Indian trials will come out in about a month and a half, unquote. He also added an echo again, we want to vaccinate the elderly people and others who are the most vulnerable first. Once we have enough safety data to go in on children, we can recommend it for children too, unquote. Prime Minister Narendra Modi, along with his Bhutanese counterpart Lotte Sharing today, launched RUPAY Card Phase 2 that will allow Bhutanese cardholders to access the RUPAY network in India. The Prime Ministers of the two countries had jointly launched Phase 1 of the project during Modi's state visit to Bhutan in August last year. In his speech via video conferencing, Modi spoke about the deep cooperation between the countries and asserted that India stands solidly with Bhutan in this difficult hour of the COVID-19 pandemic. and said meeting the neighboring country's requirements will always be its top priority. The RUPAY card is an Indian debit and credit card payment network with acceptance at ATMs, POS devices and e-commerce websites. The implementation of Phase 1 of RUPAY cards in Bhutan has enabled visitors from India to access ATMs, 
and point-of-sale terminals across Bhutan. Phase 2 will now allow Bhutanese cardholders to access our Rupay network in India. 14 people including 6 children of a wedding party were killed and few others injured when the vehicle they were travelling in collided with a parked truck in Pratapgarh district of Uttar Pradesh late yesterday night. The accident took place on the Priyagraj-Lucknow Highway under the jurisdiction of the Manikpur Police Station, the Hindustan Times reports. UP Chief Minister Adityanath expressed grief over the road accident and directed senior officials to reach the spot and provide all possible assistance. He also announced a compensation of rupees 2 lakh each to the next of kin of those who lost their lives in the accident. Anurag Arya Pratapgarh, Superintendent of Police, said the primary investigation suggested that the accident took place when the SUV driver failed to spot the truck and collided with it from behind on the highway near Deshrajka Inara village. Passengers trapped in the SUV were taken out and moved to the community health centre in Kunda, where the 14 of them were declared dead on arrival. The deceased had gone to attend a wedding at Sheikhpur village in Nawab Ganj area and were on their way back when the accident took place. After the struggle of nearly 15 hours, forest staff yesterday evening rescued a wild elephant which had fallen into a 60 feet deep open well near Maradanahali in Dharmapuri district of Tamil Nadu. District Forest Officer Rajkumar told the New Indian Express that the elephant had been tranquilized and lifted out of the open well with a crane. It had been examined by a team of veterinarians for injuries. Once conscious, the animal would be released to the Dharmapuri-Krishnagiri border forest later in the night. The female elephant, aged between 20 to 25 years, was part of a group of three jumbos that had roamed into the forest area close to Palakot, part of a routine migratory route along the elephant corridor. However, the female elephant ventured close to a human habitation and fell into the open well. Palakot forest rangers Selvam and Rajkumar rushed to the spot and began rescue operations along with fire and rescue personnel. Rajkumar said and I quote, Based on its movements, veterinary doctor Prakash confirmed that the elephant is in good condition. They fed the elephant fruits and ensured that it received ample water. Food was provided by lowering a bucket using a crane, unquote. Officials finally decided to tranquilize the jumbo standing knee-deep in sludge and lifted her out with a crane. However, Rajkumar warned that such open wells posed a danger not only to wild animals but to people as well. Umar Khalid's extended term in judicial custody in connection with the Delhi riots case under UAPA ends today. The Delhi police had arrested Khalid in the dead of the night on September 13th on the charge of conspiring to engineer communal violence in Delhi during the visit to India of US President Donald Trump earlier this year. He had been charged with sedition and 18 other sections of the Indian Penal Code, including murder and attempt to murder. According to the police, Khalid's provocative speeches were part of a conspiracy to incite violence in the capital. As evidence, they cited an edited speech of Khalid shared on social media by BJP leaders. The police had also named Harsh Mandar in one of the charge sheets related to the carnage filed in June. He had also been accused by India's Solicitor General of making a hate speech, disparaging the Supreme Court and asking the people to hit the streets against the citizenship law. If what Khalid and Mandir said is construed as hate speech, what do we call the poison that BJP leaders, present and past, have injected into India's national discourse? Clearly, the standards for what qualifies as hate speech are quite selective. Do watch the video titled, What's Hate Speech? Depends on Who is Speaking. Dear listeners, 
News Laundry is an independent news platform producing ground reports, podcasts, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Bollywood actor Akshay Kumar has served a defamation notice to a YouTuber star and has sought rupees 500 crore in damages for making false and baseless allegations against him in the Sushant Singh Rajput death case. Akshay Kumar sent a legal notice to the YouTuber named Rashid Siddiqui who runs YouTube channel FF News. He had allegedly uploaded defamatory, libelous and derogatory videos against the Bollywood actor. The legal notice states that Akshay Kumar has suffered mental trauma, agony and huge loss including loss of reputation and goodwill because of Rashid Siddiqui's videos. Akshay Kumar has demanded an unconditional apology from the YouTuber and also asked for removal of objectionable videos from his channel. The notice said in a quote, "The said videos make several false and baseless allegations against our client Akshay Kumar that he helped actor Riya Chakraborty abscond to Canada." that a client had secret meetings with Maharashtra minister Aditya Thakre and the Mumbai police commissioner to discuss the death case of Sushant Singh Rajput and so on unquote now let's move on to the international updates globally the coronavirus has infected more than 56.8 million people and killed 1.35 million people according to Johns Hopkins University more than 36.4 million people have recovered from the infection California is imposing a curfew affecting nearly all of its 40 million residents beginning this weekend as the state tries to control a surge in coronavirus cases. The state's governor Gavin Newsom said in a quote, "The virus is spreading at a pace we haven't seen since the start of this pandemic, and the next several days and weeks will be critical to stop the surge. We are sounding the alarm." unquote. The order will last until 21st December but could be extended if infection rates and disease trends don't improve. Mexico passed the 100,000 mark in coronavirus deaths Thursday. Critics accuse President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador of being too slow to bring in measures to tackle the outbreak. After telling Mexicans to stay at home at the end of March as COVID-19 cases started to rise, Mr. Obrador eased regulations in May in a bid to restart the suffering economy. Russia has recorded its worst daily caseload increase with 24,318 new infections today. That includes 6902 in the capital Moscow and brings the national tally to 2.03 million. Authorities also reported 461 deaths in the last 24 hours, taking the official death toll to 35311. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization has advised that remdesivir, one of the drugs Donald Trump took when he developed COVID-19, should not be used in hospitals because there is no evidence it works. The US president was an enthusiastic proponent of the drug to the point where he boasted in July that he had bought up the world's entire stock for Americans. The WHO's guidelines committee however has said covid patients may be better off without it. US president elect Joe Biden's victory in Georgia has been confirmed by a recount as legal efforts by Donald Trump's allies to challenge his defeat were dismissed in three states. The Democrat beat his Republican rival in Georgia by 12,284 votes. Mr. Biden said he was confident Mr. Trump knew he was not going to win and had showed incredible irresponsibility. Speaking after a call with the state governors on Thursday, 
Biden said he was not concerned with Trump's refusal to concede the election would prevent a transfer of power, but said, and I quote, it sends a horrible message about who we are as a country, unquote. Biden told reporters in Wilmington, and I quote, what the president's doing now, it's going to be another incident where he will go down in history as being one of the most irresponsible presidents in American history. It's just not within the norm at all. And there's a question as to whether it's even legal, unquote. Mr. Biden's victory margin in the public vote overall stands at more than 5.9 million. His victory in the U.S. electoral college system is projected to be 306 to 232. The Democrat is set to take office in January as the 46th U.S. president. At least 19 people have been killed in Uganda over two days in the country's worst unrest in a decade, as security forces try to put an end to protests triggered by the arrest of presidential candidate Bobby Wine, The Guardian reports. People burned tires and blockaded streets in Uganda's capital Kampala on Thursday, and soldiers fanned out across the city with armoured vehicles a day after the arrest of Wine, a popular reggae singer who's the leading challenger to President Yuveri Museveni in forthcoming elections. A military spokesperson told Reuters, and I quote, This is a warlike situation, so the army has to deploy. You can see what is going on. People are being stoned. People are being killed. Vehicles are being vandalized. Tires everywhere. These things are spontaneous on all streets, so police cannot handle such a situation, unquote. Images that surfaced on social media showed police and Kampala firing indiscriminately at people in buildings, unidentifiable men in plain clothes, believed to be security personnel, firing automatic weapons. More than 350 people were arrested. Wine, whose real name is Robert Kyagulyanyi, was detained on Wednesday while campaigning in eastern Uganda after authorities accused the 38-year-old of violating anti-coronavirus measures by holding mass rallies. Moments later, spontaneous protests erupted in Kampala and several other major towns. In a statement issued before Wine's detention on Wednesday, Police had warned that the presidential candidates would be arrested if they flouted guidelines limiting attendance at rallies to 200 people during the COVID-19 pandemic. Known by supporters as the ghetto president, Wine is one of a new generation of politicians across Africa who are challenging long-time leaders, hoping to harness deep dissatisfaction among younger, more educated and often urban voters. He broke into formal politics in 2017 when he won a seat in Uganda's National Assembly and has since been badly assaulted and detained many times. Dear listeners, don't forget to check out our new festive hampers. NL Hampers, Diwali Se Christmas, spread the light of independent journalism. This season, give your family and friends the gift of free, accurate and independent news. For more, do check out our website, newslaundry.com. That's all I have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.